Good morning. Good morning. I missed you guys. Where y'all been the last three weeks? I'm grateful for Pastor Eric and Andrew and Barry filling in. Didn't they do a great job? We're blessed to have them. It's good to be able to be away for a short time and know that everything is good and even better than when you left it. We left that. Turn in your Bibles to John 8, chapter, John chapter 8. Keep your finger there. John chapter 8, verse 31. Take out your notes that are in your bulletin. I'll, we'll fill those, those blanks in in just a minute. But Thursday, I dropped my, my middle son off at college. It was like putting him on the kindergarten bus for the first time. I, I, I mean, it was, we're all, it was just rough. I'm glad nobody was recording it, but we, we got him away, and Tyler, my oldest son's walking around like he's lost his best friend. I've talked to Zach more in the last four days than I did the last four months. We've been texting, and I'm like, what, what is going on? But, but, but we, we left him doing good. He's adjusting for you guys that haven't been through that. You won't even understand it until you do it. But Micah, our four-year-old, had something for him. This is how he sent him off, and I wanted you to see this. Watch this, will you? What are you going to put on me? That hand and sanitizer. The what? This. What is that called? Hand and sanitizer. Want some? I'm good. Makes your hands smell good. What's it called? Hand and sanitizer. <laughs> That's my baby boy. Don't you love it? That's a big word, hand sanitizer. A lot of us can't even say that. Say that three or four times. But he just wanted to make sure Zach kept his hands clean. That he didn't come back dirty. We're in a, in a, uh, we're in a series called Be Free. Here's one of the key verses that we'll be talking about probably every week. It says, it is for freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. That Christ has set you free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burned again by the yoke of slavery. We're, we're going to talk about what it means to be free, what it looks like. First, you've got to know if you're enslaved or not. And so for the next three, four weeks, we'll be discussing this idea of be free. I do know that way back on July 4, 1776, uh, 55 men from 15 states signed the Declaration of Independence. They wanted to be free from from a king, what, Henry III, I think it was, and the tyranny of England. They weren't in shackles, but yet they were enslaved to an oppressive government, wanted all their money, all their affection, all their desire, just wanted everything from them. And so the community rose up, and they had to convince the people of three things. First, they had to convince them that they were enslaved. How many know you can't be free unless you know you're in slavery or in bondage? They had to help them convince them that this is not how you were meant to live. You weren't supposed to be giving all this money to a foreign king. You weren't supposed to live under the oppression. They also had to convince them, if you break free, this is what life could look like on the other side. And finally, they were motivated by the fact that if they could free themselves from this king and this, and this country, that their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids could experience stuff that they never even thought was possible. And, and, and this morning, like I, I just... There are some people that don't even know they're enslaved, don't even know they're in bondage. And, and one of the groups is people that have made, well, one, that have never even committed their life to Christ. The Bible says that you're a slave to yourself or a slave to sin, but also those who have had a false conversion. And I just want to remind you that just because you fill out a card or raise your hand or, 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 or come to church doesn't mean that you've, you've experienced biblical salvation. We say, Pastor, how do I know? Well, there has got to be evidence of repentance. 
The, the Bible says, here, let me just read what the Bible says. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that I'm walking this way, serving my own desires, going after my own things, and God reveals himself to me. God shows himself to me. And at that time, if I truly have a commitment to the Lord, I will. I don't get it all right all the time. I don't have it perfect. I don't, I'm not sinless, but there is a turn. There's a change of mind, there's a change of heart, there's a change of direction, there is an evidence of repentance. See, some of us want to live in both worlds. You can't do that. You cannot have freedom and experience all that God wants for you, having one foot in and one foot out. Here, here's what 2 Corinthians says. Godly sorrow brings repentance. God, I realize what you've done for me. I realize the price that you paid for me. I'm going to turn from and turn to. And it leads to salvation and leaves no regret. There's got to be evidence of repentance. If there has been no repentance in your life, then I would, I would dare say you might have had a false conversion according to the word of God. Another thing is there has to be a hunger for the things of God. See, when you, when you repent, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And this is not something you can work up, but it's just a byproduct. It's a natural effect of, of repentance that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and begins to change your desires. And, and you want to serve God and you want to grow in His grace and, and you want to minister to other people. There's just this, this change of it's not about me, it's about Him. And again, it's a process. It's just not perfect overnight. But there is, there is a desire for the things of God. Here, here's what the Bible says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And again, the only one that can make you hunger and thirst is the Holy Spirit. It's not something you can fabricate or, or make up and go after. It's got to be a work of grace. But when you hunger and thirst, then you will be filled. So we understand this false conversion. It's not somebody that just filled out a card or raised their hand. They've had evidence of repentance. There's a hunger for the things of God. And thirdly, there's a submission to God's word. They, they want to honor God's word. 1 John 2, 3, we know that we have come to know him if... We fill out a card, raise our hand, get baptized. No, if we obey his commands. There's a lot of people that are saying, why isn't this Christianity thing working? Why, why am I not experiencing life abundantly? Why am I not feeling, experiencing full joy? Because there's no evidence of repentance. There's no submission to his word. There's no hunger for the things of God. You're, you're, you're what the Bible calls lukewarm. And, and there's just, there's, it's the worst place to be in. I, you can't experience freedom and, and all the things God has to you until you sell out completely and totally to Him. We try to, try to look for freedom in different things. Remember the prodigal son? He wanted to get out from the hands of, of his daddy, out, the, out from under the thumb of, of what he called an oppressive father. Pro probably made him do some chores every now and then. Cut the yard every now and then. But he got mad and said, Dad, I'm out. I'm gone. And he went out. And the Bible says he spent all that he had on wild living. And finally he found himself in a pig pen. And if you have not yet, you will eventually, if you continue to, to go after a lifestyle of sin. He finally came to his senses and said, I have been such a fool. You know why sin takes you further than you want to go? It keeps you longer than you want to stay and makes you pay more than you're willing to pay. Eventually the wages of sin is death. He did not find freedom. In sin. Listen, ask the alcoholic if they're free. Ask them. Ask them if that last drink finally 
gave them the, the filled the void that they were hoping would fill. Ask the drug addict today if they're free. One more, just one more high, and then I'll, I'll experience all their... Ask the man who sees his kids one week in a month because of that affair. Ask him if it brought him freedom. Ask the man who's unwilling to forgive and, and uh, holding harp, anger and, and bitterness and resentment in his, in his heart. Ask him if he's free. Ask the man if who's addicted to pornography. Sneaks around constantly on the verge of getting caught. Ask him... If there's free, see, freedom doesn't come in fulfilling your desires or, or, or living a sinful lifestyle. And my question is, what are you, where are you seeking freedom? If I can just earn a little bit more money, then I'll be free. And I know men that are making plenty of money, working 80, 90 hours a week, and they can provide a vacation in the Bahamas for their family, but never see a ball game and never are in, home, are in, are in time for dinner. I, that's not freedom to me. I don't think that's what God intended for us as his people. If I can just get another promotion, then I'll be free. If I can just fit in with the crowd, then I'll be free. If I can satisfy my own desires, then I'll be free. If I can get out of this relationship, then I'll be free. Friend, true freedom is found in serving Jesus Christ. True freedom is found in doing the will of God. True freedom is when God is your master and when Jesus reigns on the throne of your heart and when the Holy Spirit is the dominant influence in your life. That's true freedom. And everything else is false and a lie. I got this neighbor who loves his dogs. He, I did have a neighbor. He just moved like two weeks ago. Had these Labrador for cheap, great fat. I mean, they're the fattest Labradors I've ever seen. He loved them things. I mean, he feeds them whatever they want. And he walking, son, he didn't have any kids. And so these, I guess these dogs are his kids. And, and he, he'd walk them in the rain and the heat. I mean, he just loved these dogs, and, 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 and I, I kind of put up with dogs. Somebody always asked me, well, is my dog going to heaven? I don't know. Mine's not. He, he's not repented of his sin. He's not turned from his evilness and his wickedness. I guarantee he's not going to heaven. And, and maybe dogs, dogs might go to heaven. They might not. I'm not sure. But I know this for a fact. Cats do not go to heaven. They, they do not go to heaven. That is in the Bible. I guarantee it. It's somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll find it for you after the service. So this guy, he, lo he just loves his dog. And some stray, some stray comes in the neighborhood. This, it's a little, one of them little dogs. I don't even know what kind of dog it is. But one of them, I mean, just look rough, ribs showing, mange about to happen. Just look, hadn't been combed, hadn't been, you could tell couldn't been taken care of, didn't have a collar. And so this man, because he loved animals, he took this stray in and said, look, I'll just try to nurse it back to health, get it straight, help it, and, and I'll put some posters on the telephone poles and his, his owner will come and get him. Well, it wasn't, he had barely got that, he built a little, didn't build it, but had a, a little fence around his deck. And before he could even almost turn his back, that little dog had scooted up under that little railing that he created and was out. And he said, it was like this little dog turned back to my two labs sitting on the deck. And he looked at him. It was almost like, I don't know if dogs talk, but it was almost like, come on, join me. Let's go be free. It was like them big Labradors and fat fellas plump. They hopped up and took a step. And they looked at him, and they looked at the bones protruding out his ribs and the mange on his back and the fleas that were ate him all up. And they looked back at the master, and they said, 
That's not freedom. I, they turned around and walked right back and laid right at the foot of the master. And you know what I think they were saying? Put a collar on my neck. Put a chain on me when I walk. But I want the provision of a master. I, I want my flea control. I want my bone. And I know they get bones every time because my sinful dog keeps going across the street, stealing them and bringing them back to my house. I mean, they never had to search for food. They're always taken care of. Can I tell you, when you sell out to Jesus Christ, there are some disciplines that have to be developed. There are some boundaries that you have to live in. But you are under the care of a good God. You are under the care of a true master. One that wants the best for you. Wants to help you and come alongside of you. I don't want the freedom of this world. I want a freedom that comes from knowing my sins are forgiven. And my past is redeemed. And my present is entrusted into his care. And my future has been secured. That's freedom. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. And it comes to selling out to him. Here's what Jesus said about freedom in John 8. This is where I told you to turn. We're going to fill in some blanks. Follow along with me. Let's go. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said. They had believed him. So they're, they're in a relationship with Christ. They put their faith and trust in him. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. Who answered him? The Jews he had believed. We are Abraham's descendants. In our vernacular, we are longtime church members. Our grandmother was a charter member of first whatever church. We have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we'll be set free? Jesus replied, very true. I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. There might be something in your life today, though, though you're forgiven and you're pursuing righteousness, just something that just keeps hanging on, something that, that won't let go, something that's a constant struggle, something that's a constant challenge. There was a time in my life where, where I really lived in a lot of insecurity and a lot of fear and a, and a lot of condemnation in the sense that, that I really felt like everything was dependent on me. If the church wasn't growing, there must be sin in my life. If, if people weren't getting saved, my preaching wasn't any good. If you weren't growing in your walk with Christ, then, then, then there was something wrong with me. If the offering was ever low on a particular Sunday, then, I, then I'm the one that had messed up. And ministry became such a burden, such a, such a joy sucker, such a strain. I mean, Sunday, would I just felt like I was always on display and that I was always being graded for what I was doing. And so Sunday was such a burden. Because I had this misunderstanding that it was all about me. It was about my ability and about what I could accomplish and what I could do. Not until I realized and finally came to the conclusion that I still got to fight it and struggle with it. It's not about me. It's about Him. It's about His goodness and His sovereignty and His mercy and His love and it's His grace. And no man can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. And I'm just a piece in the puzzle. I'm, I, I'm not going to stand before God and have to give an answer to who I wasn't. I'm just going to have to answer to God to who I was and who God created me to be. And just to be faithful with the gifts that, that He's given me. But I, here's, here's what the Bible says. I was a slave to insecurity and failure and, and really the fear of man. And I had no permanent place in the family. I was going to heaven. I was walking with Jesus, but I wasn't experiencing everything that he had for me. This, this cloud of guilt and whatever was affecting my joy, my contentment in my life. I didn't even know I was in slavery. 
Till the Lord had to reveal it to me. But a son belongs to, to him forever. So if the son sets you free. Again, we're talking, this verse is talking to believers. And you can't, you can't get free unless you know that you're enslaved. And unless the son sets you free. Well, I just thought I could buy my freedom or work for my freedom or, or do good enough for my freedom. No, no. Unless the son sets you free. Then you'll be, be free indeed. Amen. So, so I, I don't know. You know, I, I want the Holy Spirit to begin to deal with you. But maybe there is unforgiveness in your heart. And you didn't even realize it. But now maybe the light's coming on. And you're, you're saying, I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But I don't feel like i got a permanent place in the family. I'm not experiencing all that God has for me. Maybe God wants to set you free today. Maybe you're addicted to, I don't know, some drug. I don't know. Addicted to something. And you say, well, well, that's just part of what I'm about. And what? No, no, no. God wants to set you free. That's, that's why he came. That, that's, why, that's why he died. That, that's what, what he's about. God doesn't want you feeling hopeless and defeated. doesn't want you feeling depressed and bound. He doesn't want your Christian life to be under a cloud of guilt and shame. Listen to me. Christianity is not a burden to bear. It's a relationship with the one who's able to give perfect peace and unspeakable joy and eternal life and true freedom. Jesus left his place, came to earth, died on a cross, resurrected on the third day so that you and I might be free. Say, okay, pastor, how, how do I break through? How, maybe there is something that's keeping me from God's best. How do I break through? I can't give it to you in one week. That's why we're going to build on this thing. It's going to be a journey. And I want you to go on the journey with me. But this morning I do know that our freedom is somewhat connected to the truth. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so I've got to give you a couple foundational truths so that we can build on over the next few weeks so that we can live in freedom. And here is the first truth. Freedom is not free. Write that down, will you? It costs somebody something. Here, here's the gospel. God created. Created everything. It was perfect. Created Adam and Eve, his prized possession, the apple of his eye. Put them in a perfect environment with a perfect relationship, with perfect connection. And said, you can do whatever you want, but don't eat from this tree. And they rebelled. Man rebelled. They ate from the one thing they weren't. And at that very moment, there was a disconnect. Spiritually, they were disconnected from, from God. Spiritually, they, they, and every human born after them were born with a defective gene. It's called a sin nature. We were all born with, with this put, uh, propensity to do wrong. That's why Paul said, the very thing I want to do, I struggle doing, and the thing I know I shouldn't do comes more easily to me. Why? Because we're born in this, really, this state of rebellion. Like it or not, want it or not, that's how we are. And, the, and we realize that, here's the gospel, the wages of sin is death. If we die in that sin, we spend eternity apart from God. But God's not willing that any should perish. So Jesus came. Here's the gospel, here's the good news. Jesus came. Somebody had to die so that we could live. It wasn't any old somebody, it was a perfect somebody. He who knew no sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Freedom is not free. It cost Jesus dying on the cross. I had a friend, I've shared this with you before, his name is Mark Muirhead, and a young man, 27, 28 years old, he had a degenerative cornea, he was going blind. 
Doctors saying within a few years, you are going to be legally blind. And so they put him on an organ donor list. So when an organ, when a cornea came available, they could do a transplant. After several months of waiting, he gets a call, and, and there's a young kid, 19 years old, died in a car accident, and, he, and he, his cornea was good. His, he was perfectly healthy and perfectly fine. And so they flew him to the hospital and did the cornea transplant, put a patch on his eye. Four months later, they lifted the patches, and he had 20-20 vision. He said it was the best day of his life and the worst day of his life. The best day of his life and the fact that, that now he was going to see. He was going to see his kid hit the tee, ball off the tee. He was going to see fall and spring and snow in the winter and the sun in the summer. I mean, that, that's great news. I was going blind, but now I'm going to see. It was the worst day in his life because he realized that somebody had to die so he could see. Not only did somebody die so he could see, that boy also gave a kidney, gave a heart. So multiple people were living. Somebody had to die so they could live. Somebody had to die so you could be free. And that somebody was Jesus Christ. Freedom is not free. He stretched out his arms, died on the cross. And I, I'm just declaring if he thought I was worth dying for, he's worth living for. He's worth honoring and serving and blessing and going after with all my heart and strength and purpose. And mine, we, 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 used, to, we used to sing this old, old song that, that said, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. Freedom's not free. Here's what Peter said. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed. That means bought back from an empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. But you've been bought or redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. There was a price that was paid. A lamb without blemish or defect. Here, here's the first truth. Freedom is not free. Here's the second truth I need you to know. That I can be free. You can be free. Write that down. The, de the devil tries to whisper to us and tell us that we've got to live with a uh, low-grade fever all our lives. That we can't experience true freedom. Because once I get free of this, this pops up in my life. And, and I'm just constantly going to be a, a, a slave to something or somebody. And, it, and I cannot be free. I, that, that, that is a lie. Once you trust Jesus, you can be free. Barry Sanders, probably, I think, the greatest running back to ever play in the National Football League. He quit in the prime. I don't know if it was the prime, but he still had three, four, maybe five years of good running. He was on track to break every NFL rushing record ever known. He stepped back from the game. He quit. Wasn't hurt. Wasn't injured. Wasn't wore out or beat up. He said, I'm tired of losing. I'm not playing on another team where we can't win. And I think some Christians get just like that. I'm tired of losing. I've been working at this relationship so long and it's not getting any better. I can't be free. I can't win. I can't get over it. I can't. I've been sick in this body for so long. It's just, it's just my lot. It's just what I'm at. I've been dealing with this anger or this, this issue for so long. I can't be free. I'm never going to get over it. But I'm telling you, that's not why Jesus came. That's not why Jesus died. Jesus came and died so that you could be free. You know where you're listening to? You know whose voice you're listening to? You're listening to the voice of Satan, the accuser of the brother. You know, when I told you that story earlier where I was enslaved to man, the approval of man, that wasn't God's voice. God never wanted me to be on display. I was fully accepted and approved by him. It didn't matter if I preached a home run or if I struck out. God loved me. 
It was the voice of the enemy that was whispering in my ear. And here's what the Bible says. He, concerning Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You're never going to get better. You're never going to get through that. You're never going to make it. You're always going to be broke. You're you're not going to get healed. You're you're not going to be restored. You're not going to be put back in right relationship. It's a lie. Jesus came down on the cross not only to forgive you of your sins. He said, I've come to set the prisoner free. That's why he came. We, we get this idea that, that God and Satan are almost, I think this is one of his lies, that, that they're almost on the same, same uh, level. And that they're just up there duking it out. And, and, and they're just fighting one another. And, and uh, they're just going to 15 rounds. And eventually Christ is going to come back. And that's when the victory. That's not what the Bible says. That's not, that's not the truth found in Scripture. God is not a rape. What's a Meriwether? Uh, what's that guy's name? Anybody know? Floyd Mether with Meriwether. He always goes 50 miles. He, he never hits anybody. All he does is juke and jive and just run around the ring. And he's so skinny, can't nobody, can't anybody hit him or touch him. And we think that's what God is like, just missing the attacks of the enemy. There was a, I found a verse for, uh, for me and for you. Jesus sent out 72 guys. He said, look, I want you to go cast out demons, heal the sick, get the lost saved. And they come back to him in Luke 10 and say, the 72 return with joy. And they said, Lord, we didn't know it. We know you told us, but even the demons submit to us in your name. All we got to say is the name of Jesus and people are getting healed and getting delivered and set free. And Jesus replied, look, guys, I could have told you that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You ever seen lightning from heaven? It won't a 15 round fight. It won't a jab and just, it was like, get out of here, Satan. You don't, you don't want to live by my rules. You don't want to honor me. We're not going to duke it out. We're not going to fight. I'm just going to throw you from heaven like a bolt of lightning. You're gone. That's the God that we serve. There is no problem that God cannot solve. There's no promise that he cannot fulfill. There's no prayer that he can't answer. No disease he can't heal. No heart he can't mend. No relationship he cannot restore. No pain he can't redeem. No bondage he can't break. No sin he can't forgive. No enemy he can't defeat. No mountain he cannot move. There is nothing too difficult for God. There is nothing too hard for God. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not my my ability, but His strength, His enablement, His power. You can be free. And here's what I want. I want you to go on the journey with me. I want you to go for the next year. That's what I'm asking of you. We kind of we map out our church calendar. We go through September to August. And we kinda, that's kind of how we roll in the rhythm of the, the church life. And so for the next year, if this, I'm just asking you to do it. You want freedom? There must be more to living than what I'm living. I want true freedom, not this false bill of goods that I've been sold to by a culture that, that's messed up. I, I want God's freedom. Then I'm telling you, sell out to Jesus Christ. Let there be a real evidence of repentance. You're headed this way. God reveals his love for you, turn. Go the other way. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. He'll do it. If you'll yield to him, you'll, you'll, it's not, it won't even be drudgery or effort. It, it'll just be a natural byproduct of your surrendering to him. There'll be this desire for the things of God. You can quelch it, you can squelch it, or you can jump on board with it. And the more you jump on board, the more it increases. 
And they just submit to God's word. God, I don't understand it. It might not make sense to me. Nevertheless, in your word, God, I'm going to obey. If you've not got water baptized, get water baptized. The first, sun, first Wednesday of every month, we do water baptism. Follow the Lord in that. I want you to be in church. I want it to be a priority. Not so we can fill up seats and not so we can have a greater attendance. No, I want it for you. And, and I don't want you coming with your hands in your pocket for, just for the next year. I want you going after God, seeking Him with everything that you have. Saying, teach me, Lord. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want you to get on a Sunday morning service team. Find a place of service. We've got Dream Team Central. Andrew will mention it again in just a minute when he closes out the service. But, but get on a team. Start serving once a month, once every six weeks. Go through the growth track. That's kind of Cloverdale's membership class. It'll start the last Sunday of August, if you've not been yet. The first week I teach, it's just called church. I share with you the vision and the mission and the purpose of Cloverdale. The second week is essentials, where we just help you with daily discipline. Quiet time, meditation, worship, giving. The third week is discovery, where we take you through some some gift assessments and personality profiles so you can figure out what you were created for. And then the fourth one is dream team, where we connect those those passions and those gifts and help you find your place where where you can make a difference. Here's what it is. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And the growth track will get you on track. Sign up for a small group. We're, We're about to start a new semester. We got men's group, ladies group, couples groups. We've got ones that go deep in the Bible. One, if you're just starting out in your journey, we've got groups for that. If you've got a, if you're struggling with a life addiction, we've got living free groups, overcomers that can help. And when you get in a group, don't go every other week. You got to go when they when they say we're having group. You got to make a commitment to it. I'm just for a year. I'm, you say, well, you're asking me a lot. No, I'm, you want to be free? You want to live a life? You want to to experience all that God has for you? Well, join it. Join him. Join me on the journey. Come the first Wednesdays. We got a men's retreat coming up. Get involved, men. Be a part. A ladies event in the spring. Couples, we have clap. We have a event in the in the winter. If your marriage is struggling or just needs a tune-up, get connected to a marriage mentor. Financially, you're kind of in chaos. We can connect you with a financial coach. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just encouraging you. Give it a year. I promise after a year. I'm, I, I'm promising you to be 10 times better than anything you've ever experienced. Yes, will. 10 times better. And, and you can't go halfway in and halfway out. It doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm encouraged. Just be all in. I'm going after God. I'm going after Him. Here, here's what Luke, here's, that's a good one, but that's not what I want. Here's Romans 8. You no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. You don't have to live like that. You weren't made for that, weren't born for that. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny in the hands of sin and death. You can be free. Here's the last truth I want you to know. God loves me and is for me. I grew up in a church. I don't know if I just misunderstood or... My filter was all messed up. But I grew up in a church where I could never do enough for God. Where I could never, my righteousness, I mean, it, it, was just, it was a futile attempt at godliness. And I could never measure up or do it. And, and, it, and, it, and it, was just, it was just so defeating. I, I, want you to, I want you to know that's not why, that's not Christianity. That's not the God of the Bible. 
That's not the God we serve. Listen, listen to this. John 3, 16 and 17. It's, it's probably one of the most familiar passages in the Bible. I've taken it out of the message. I want you to read it with fresh eyes. This is how much God loved the world. And the, the world, it's not cosmos. It's not the physical world. It's you and I. It's the people in the world. This, it really, it should. This is how much God loves us. He gave his son. His one and only son. This is why he gave him. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Man, that's what I want for you. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger at you, trying to tell you how bad you are. He came to help. He came to help. Can't get help unless you admit you need help. I want you to bow your heads and your hearts with me for a minute. Holy Spirit, begin to reveal to us maybe a place where we are enslaved, an attitude, an action, something that is keeping us and hindering us from being a part of the permanent family. We we might be saved, born again, on our way to heaven, but we're not living in freedom. Lord, I pray that as we go on this journey together, that who the Son sets free will be free indeed. Amen, everybody? Will you stand to your feet with me with your eyes still closed? We want to take some time to pray with you. God, God came. God came to help. We want to help you. Maybe you're away from the Lord this morning. Your head's bowed, your eyes shut. Maybe at one time you walked with Jesus, but for whatever reason you got mad at him. I don't know, but you just turned your back on him. And today, the Spirit of God, your heart's pounding, your stomach's turning. You know, you know that you've got to return to him. God came to help. He's not going to tell you how bad you are. He's going to embrace you and love you and forgive you and let you start afresh and anew with him. Maybe you're here today and you've never, ever given your heart to the Lord. He's here to help. He's here to forgive and cleanse. Let you start today in a relationship with Him. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're, you're enslaved. You realize, man, there's an attitude, there's an action, there's a habit, there's an addiction that's keeping me. Maybe you've listened to the lies of the enemy that just said, you just need to quit, give up, and you're never going to make it, and that relationship's never going to work. Just, just throw in the towel. Jesus came, God came to help you. Maybe you're sick in body. And I know this is broad, but I just want to meet you at the point of your need. I don't want anybody to leave without receiving the help that only God can give. You're sick in body today. and You just need a miracle. You need God to heal you and touch you. We're going to open up these altars. We call it an altar, but it's really just the front of this auditorium. We've got some people that are committed and trained in prayer. They're going to pray with you and ask the Lord to touch you and help you. And you say, well, what are people going to think? I, here's the, who cares what people think? And, and here's the truth. Clover Hill is a grace place. We understand struggles. We, we've, we battled and are battling temptation. They're, they're, the person that's going to be praying with you, there's a good chance that they've gone and experienced and had the same struggles and challenges and difficulties that you've had. 
There's none righteous in this place. We're all on, our, on a journey to just go after God and serve Him and live for Him. But if you need help from the Lord, I, I don't want this day to go by. I don't want this moment to pass without you receiving prayer. Let somebody agree with you and pray over you. Trevor, will you lead us in a chorus? Prayer team, will you get ready to serve the people that are going to come and step out from where they're standing? And Lord, let courage and faith arise in this house. Lord, we, we realize you respond to faith. When we take a step, you move towards us. Lord, I pray that all fear would be gone. All, all feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, what are, that all be gone in Jesus' name. And Lord, that those that need help today will receive it by your power and by your grace. Trevor, lead us one time. Please.